Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what's better than Crossover Thursday? How about game day? How about both? That's what's going on today. It's Crossover Thursday. It's also game day. It's week 15, Allegiant Stadium, Raiders and Chargers, that and a whole lot more. Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 14th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Thank you to you and my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, we're looking good, and we're sounding good. Always dotting his I's, crossing his T's. It's the attention to detail that Ari has. Does a great job, and that's why we appreciate him. You can hit him up on Twitter, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well, at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. No calls or texts today, so hold on to your calls and texts. We'll get back to that on Friday. Uh, today, it's all about the Raiders and the Chargers. It's crossover Thursday. Day. We do a deep dive on all things Chargers and all things Raiders. David Drogemeyer, one of the hosts of Locked On Chargers, joins the show. We'll talk all things matchups. We'll talk all things storylines. We'll talk path to victory. What is it going to take for the Silver and Black to get a win? What is it going to take for the Chargers to get a win? We'll do that coming up in today's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to go over Wednesday's injury report. It's the final injury report uh, of the week. Of course, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who's inactive. For the Raiders, they have two guys that have already been ruled out. Andre James and Colton Miller both on the offensive line. Andre James has the ankle injury, didn't participate in practice all week long. He's ruled out. That means Dylan Parham will take his place at center like he did on Sunday versus Minnesota. Once Andre James went down, Dylan Parham slid into the center position. And honestly, I think that's his better position anyway. So it's not really a bad thing that Dylan Parham's in there. Uh, So instead of Dylan Parham being at the left guard position, Jordan Meredith will slide over to that position. Colton Miller been dealing with the shoulder injury. He's also been ruled out. not Jermaine Illuminor, but Thayer Munford will be the left tackle, and Jermaine Illuminor will stay on the right side. So uh, right to left, it'll be uh, Jermaine Illuminor at the right tackle position. The right guard uh, will be uh, Greg Van Roten. Uh, the center will be Dylan Parham. The left guard will be uh, Jordan Meredith, and then the left tackle, Thayer Munford, and that's because uh, both Andre James and Colton Miller have already been ruled out. Uh, Max Crosby is questionable with the knee injury. He's going to play. Brandon Faison, questionable with the shin injury. He He's most likely going to play Josh Jacobs dealing with the quad injury. He's questionable. I'm sure he's going to play Devontae Adams. He uh, showed up on the injury report for Wednesday. He was dealing with the illness, so he didn't participate in practice. He's questionable. No doubt in my mind, he'll play as well. For the Chargers, they just have two guys out. One is a big deal. Keenan Allen, the wide receiver, the Mr. Do-Everything for the Chargers. He is officially out, uh, dealing with the heel injury, didn't participate in practice all week long. And then Dean Leonard, uh, the defensive back, ankle and heel injury, didn't participate all week long. He's out as well. So that's the injury report, really, for the Raiders and the Chargers. Again, 90 minutes before kickoff, we'll find out who is active or who is an inactive. We'll actually get the inactive list at our spot 
in the press box. And uh, once I get it, I'll tweet out the list like I normally do. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the crossover edition. David Dragemeyer from Locked On Chargers and myself uh, talking all things storylines. Before we get to that, though, I do want you to know that this edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast crossover edition is being brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Now, Let's jump into part one of the crossover edition. Again, David David Dragomeyer and myself talking all things storylines between the Chargers and the Raiders. Q, uh, a lot of stuff going on uh, with both of these teams. A lot of turnover, a lot of rumors about turnover that could potentially happen at the end of the season. What do you think for you, just with both these teams sitting here at five and eight, is the biggest story for the Raiders going into this game? You know, it's funny. There's multiple storylines, but I think the biggest storyline going into this Thursday night action week 15 is really how this team responds to losing on Sunday to the Vikings 3-0, right? The defense did a hell of a job. The offense was a no-show coming off of a bye, and that's a bad sign first of all, but then it's even worse when you know that the interim head coach Antonio Pierce is trying to hold on to that job. He really wants like nothing else to be the long-term solution at the head coaching position. But when you come off of a bye week and you don't score any points and you had a whole extra week to prepare for that team coming into your house indoors, right, perfect conditions, and you're not able yeah. to score any points, that's not a good sign on the resume. So Not a good look. No, yeah. not at all. So the, the big storyline is how does this team respond to you know that adversity that they faced just a couple days ago? Can they go out there? Put that one behind them, forget about it, have the less than 24-hour rule, and just go out there and play a good game and show why Antonio Pierce needs to be the coach. And then on top of that, there's so much new, David. Like, that's the thing. There's there's the interim head coach. There's the interim GM. There's the interim offensive coordinator. And, oh, by the way, you're being led by a rookie quarterback. So there's so many different storylines. And each one of those guys I just rolled it out, they're all trying to get their jobs. They're all trying to collect their jobs. So this time of the season when you're not very good, you're 5-8, and eight, a lot of fans will say, well, just go ahead and lose the rest of the games and get the best draft pick you can. But does that say that you're going to get a job if you lose out? Like, no. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the way you secure a job by losing. You've got to win games and show that you could be the leader and the head coach and the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator. I mean, there's so much that they're playing for and that they're out there trying to achieve in the next four weeks, starting, you know, obviously tonight with the the Thursday night football action. It's, it's, It's like they've got to win. And then a lot of people don't want them to win because they want to increase their draft stock. So it's 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 a fine line, man. It's almost like the Raiders are stuck in no man's land once again, and that's never a good place to be. How about for the Chargers, yeah. man? What's the storyline for them? Well, I mean, it, it's somewhat similar. I mean, obviously, I think you know we both know that the best thing for both of these teams is to lose out as far as getting the best potential draft capital that you're going to get. And, and I think there is that contrast in the fact that Antonio Pierce is trying to to get that job you know he's trying he's trying to be the permanent head coach on the other hand for the chargers brandon staley's on the way out i mean he's going to finish out the season and then that's done his his shit that ship has already sank he is definitely going to get fired and it might not just be him it might be the general manager as well they might do Mm. a full clean house type of situation there but i think honestly for the chargers the, the biggest story is the Chargers now are going to be coming in with a backup quarterback. Justin Herbert is done for the year. He fractured uh, his index finger on his right throwing hand. Uh, and so he's done. He had surgery. He's going to be done for the year. So now it's Easton Stick, the backup quarterback who has not ha- played uh, pretty much at all his entire professional career other than preseason football. So 
what can Easton Stick do? What is this offense going right. to look like? How is Kellen Moore going to be able to construct this offense around Easton Stick and what he does well on a short week without the top wide receiver available? Keenan Allen is out. He is not going to be playing in this football game. Uh, and I honestly, I'm not super surprised. Keenan's been doing everything he possibly could do to be able to play every week. He's been dealing with a, a myriad of different injuries. And, you know, he, he wants to go out there and, you know, while games are still meaningful, I can understand trying to, you know, deal with the injuries and, and go try to win some football games. But now in a situation where you're pretty much eliminated, there's no reason to push it on a short week right. when, you know, that could lead to him missing the rest of the season. So it's what can Easton Stick do? Are they going to try to develop some more running plays? Because that's what he did very, very well at North Dakota State. Um, kind of build that type uh, of plays into the offense. What is the offense going to look like? Are they going to be able to get anything going on the offensive side? I mean, they've been straight up abysmal offensively the last several games. It's been a struggle to score on any points. Uh, you know, similar to the you know the game that you guys played, they scored one touchdown last week against yeah. the Broncos, and so that's just unacceptable. So, how are they going to be able to move the football without their quarterback and without their number one wide receiver? I think that's the biggest story. You know, that was the big question I had as well. Is is because of the offense and the struggles that they've had? And look, they went and hired Kellen Moore, and I know Kellen Moore very well from his time there with the Cowboys as the OC, and I thought he was really going to open things up for Justin Herbert. Now. Like you mentioned, Herbert's not playing the rest of the season. But why has the offense struggled, especially as of late with Kellen Moore as the OC there? Yeah, I think primarily it, it's about the lack of a running game. I mm. mean, it's been something that's plagued them all year long. I mean, they've had a couple of, of good runs here and there, but no semblance of, of any consistency week to week. I mean, it's such a... Uh, it's a situation where you see so many one, two, or n zero, or negative run right. runs, and especially on early downs, first and second down, you 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 run it, you get a two yard run, you get a one yard run, you're sitting there at third and seven. It's really hard to play offense when you're yeah. in that situation. You're putting your quarterback behind the eight ball instead of being able to get a couple yards, get three or four yards, set yourself up in second and third and manageable, and be able to keep the chains moving, be able to sustain some offense. That has not been the case at all for the Chargers all season long. And it's been a collective a collection of different reasons why. Running backs not really, you know, choosing the right holes, offensive line not really opening up many holes, and those uh running backs not being able to create in those situations where they might not have anything in front of them. It's been uh, honestly all of those reasons and it's been what has made this offense very one-dimensional. And as you know, if you're able to just cross off the running game yeah. and know that you're going to have to just play coverage and be able to pin your ears back and get after the quarterback. That's the other reason because the chargers have uh, dealt with a ton of pressure. Justin Herbert has been under fire all season long. That's why he has two broken fingers, one on each hand. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just been, he's been running for his life. It doesn't look that way because of his ability to escape uh, pressure. And those don't always turn into sacks because of his elusiveness. But now the chickens have come home to roost. You don't have a quarterback in, anymore with your injuries, and that's due in large part to the lack of running game and the lack of the ability to protect your quarterback. Uh, to kind of flip that around on you, 
What do you think has been the issues for the Raiders offense? Why have they not been able to get things going? Brother, that's the $100 million question. <laughs> that is the $100 million question. I have been trying to ask that and answer that all season long. And look, Josh McDaniels was the head coach at first when the Raiders played the Chargers the first time. So, okay, you could put all the blame on him if you want. But, I mean, look, this offense still hasn't performed very well, even under Antonio Pierce. They've only gone over 20 points as an offense once this season. That's not going to cut it in the National Football League, right? I mean, no. look, these, this, this is set up so the offenses thrive. And, you know, so they actually put up some good points. And the Raiders just haven't been able to do that. And they've got too much talent. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Jacoby Myers. You've got Hunter Renfro. you got Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing a season ago, who's got more carries than anybody in the league and doesn't have more yards than anybody in the league, right? I mean, it's just yeah. like there's so much... Uh, disconnect when it comes to the offense. They had Jimmy G start. Uh, Aiden O'Connell got his first career start against the Chargers in week four. That didn't go very well. Everyone knows about that. Khalil Mack had a field day and kind of really jump-started <laughs> yeah. his whole season. Now he's leading the league yeah, in, in sacks. So, you know, it's just it's so bizarre to me why it's been a struggle, right? I mean, the offensive line is not as bad as what everyone thinks it is. They've actually done okay. It's not been great, but it's been okay. They they should be able to move the ball and score some points. But, I mean, man, just going back to the last time they were out, no points at all. They got to the red zone one time at home off a mm. of bye. Like, what, what's yeah, going on, tough. right? I mean, like, I, I just don't get it. So, Devontae Adams is frustrated as he should be. Josh Jacobs is frustrated as he should be. Other guys are out there trying to perform. Even got the rookie tight end, Michael Mayer, who did some really good things at Notre Dame. I was excited about the addition to him. And, it just hasn't clicked for the offense at all. I just think that when it's all said and done, when this season's over, whenever that is, and, and I do believe it's going to be after 17 games, but, I mean, you know, mathematically, like the Chargers, the Raiders are still alive. But, you know, it would take, yeah, it would take a lot, as we all know, you know, realistically for either one of these teams to make the playoffs. But when it's all said and done and, you know, Mark Davis decides who's going to be his head coach and, you know, who's going to be the GM, I think it's got to be a really sharp offensive mind as the offensive coordinator at the very least, right? I mean, it's got to be someone who's creative, who's got a sharp, innovative offensive mind to be able to lead the charge because, man, there's way too many weapons on that offense to be able to perform the way they have and only go over point, over 20 points one time this season. That really is unacceptable, and that's the beginning of the end for the Silver and Black this year. The defense, great. They've been carrying the load, man. They've been doing a hell of a job this year. The offense, not so much. They haven't held up their end of the bargain. So there's, there's that when it comes to the Raiders' offense. Well, we're going to get into the biggest matchups in this football game, and we are going to do that right after this. So there you go, part one of the crossover edition right there. David Drogmeyer and myself talking all storylines between the Chargers and the Raiders, two teams that both come in at 5-8, and eight, not playing some very good ball right now. Uh, the expectations were not met from either team. Of course, the Chargers coming in with the backup quarterback now that uh, we all know Justin Herbert's out for the season. They've got Easton Stick, and the Raiders coming in with what looks to be Aiden O'Connell, but would not be shocked if you see Jimmy G at some point in the game. We'll get into... Part two of the crossover edition where we talk all things matchups between David Drogemeyer and myself, Chargers and Raiders. We'll do that after I tell you about BetterHelp. And this edition of uh, the Lockdown Raiders podcast is being brought to you by BetterHelp. And at this time of the year when it's the holidays and maybe your family's not around, sometimes it can get lonely. Sometimes you just really need someone to talk to. Maybe you're thinking about a new job. Maybe you're thinking about a relationship. Maybe you're thinking about all three at the same time and it's just 
something that is overwhelming. And again, you just need a little bit of an escape. You need someone to talk to. Well, BetterHelp and therapy could really come into play right here. They can really help benefit uh, and help your, you know, your, your, your mentals, right? Just trying to help keep you right. So if you've ever thought about giving therapy a try, you should. And it should start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. All you got to do, check out. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. BetterHelp dot com slash locked on again one more time better h-e-l-p.com that's betterhelp.com slash locked on your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right Raider nation here we go segment number two of today's locked on raiders podcast crossover edition game day edition of the locked on raiders podcast david drogemeyer host of locked on chargers one of the hosts uh joined me on the show to talk all things storylines matchups and passive victories so here in segment number two you're going to hear about the biggest matchup so david starts off with who his biggest matchup or matchup nightmare might be here it is part two of the crossover edition I think for me, it always starts with Max Crosby. (laughs) That animal is someone who uh, has to always be accounted for. You always have to know where he's at. And you got to know if he's playing or not, because this is a guy who has dealt with injuries pretty much all year. But as Q and I were talking before we started recording, he's a madman and (laughs) he's a little bit sick. uh, But you, I think everybody who plays professional football has to be a, a little sick in the head from time to time. But it does appear that he is going to be playing on Thursday night. So that means a very important matchup for Max Crosby, who usually is lined up over the right tackle. And unfortunately for the Chargers, that uh, is Trey Pipkins. And Trey Pipkins, after signing a you know three-year extension in a, this pa- before the season started, has had a very, very bad year. He's given up 45 pressures and nine sacks so far. And the last time these two teams played, well, guess what? Max Crosby wrecked the game like <laughs> he always does. He made things very, very uncomfortable for Justin Herbert, and he got two sacks. And, uh, you know, th- those weren't really given up by Trey Pipkins per se, but that is the weaker of the two matchups when you look at both of these tackles. So Max Crosby going up against Trey Pipkins, a very scary sight and someone you always have to account for, Q. Yeah, Max Crosby is exactly what his name is, Mad Max, right? He says it all the time. He says, man, I'm I'm a maniac. I, I just I got to be out there on the field. Uh, I mean, the, the week before the bye, the Raiders played the Kansas City Chiefs, and he literally had bacteria in his knee. He didn't practice at all. He did not participate at all, all week long. 69 guys had not participated all all week long, and they did not play. Uh, he was listed as doubtful on the injury report. He played on Sunday and picked up a sack, as a matter of fact. I mean, the guy is of just, course. yeah, he's on a, a whole nother level. Uh, he played last week against the Vikings, picked up a couple sacks. I mean, he's on a mission. He's doing some really good things. Obviously, he's the best pass rusher the Raiders have had since Khalil Mack, who's now a Charger, doing some big things. But he's just he's just that guy. And so whatever, and anytime he has an opportunity to be out there, he's going to be out there. Um, you know, talk to him in the locker room on Wednesday. And yeah, he's good to go. He said he feels great which I know nobody at this year, year, yeah, (laughs) nobody feels great. But for Mad Max Crosby, 
I mean, just breathing and being able to walk and run a little bit, that's great to him. So he's going to get out there. He's definitely going to be, you know, a matchup nightmare because that's who he is. And I'll say this. When it comes to complimenting Max Crosby, the Raiders went and drafted Tyree Wilson, uh, the number seven overall pick, to really be the Chandler Jones at some point, anticipating having Chandler Jones. Well, obviously that didn't work out. They didn't have him all year long. Tyree Wilson came along really slowly. Last week against Minnesota, Tyree lined up inside more than he lined up outside, and it was very effective. Got a sack, got some pressures, and really helped out with Max Crosby. The Raiders came away with five sacks against the Minnesota Vikings. So watch for... Tyree, number nine. I know it looks weird on the defensive lineman, but number nine is out there. He's a big old human. Uh, he's, he's out there, and if he lines up in the interior of the defensive line, that is a big help for the Raiders and a big help for Mad Max Crosby. So everyone's going to focus on Max, as you should. Always know where 98's at, but Tyree is starting to help out a lot by being that interior presence, and you know how it is. If you can get some pressure up the gut, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier for the guys around the edge to get to the quarterback. Yeah, and I would expect, you know, with a a backup quarterback and Easton Stick being mm-hmm. the guy that's leading the charge for the Chargers to, you know, you know, basically the rest of the season that they're going to try to manufacture some ways to get the ball out of his hands very, very quickly because he does not want to deal with Max Crosby or Tyree Wilson, for right. that matter. Uh, he's going to want to try to establish a rhythm, get some easy, quick throws, some wide receiver screens, some slants, get the ball out of his hands quickly. Some, I think that's going to be a large part of the game plan. Like I said, some design runs. I would not be surprised if that's more, uh, you know, implemented, more designed uh, for the quarterback, uh, which is, you know, something Justin Herbert was capable of doing, but you didn't really see a ton of that. Any kind of specific matchups that you're kind of looking forward to in this one or you think would be important in the outcome of this game? Yeah, there's no doubt, man. I mean, for the the Raiders, I'm looking at that offensive line, and I just remembering back, I'm still having flashbacks of that week four of, of the way the Chargers got to the quarterback and got Aiden O'Connell on the ground. Mack did it six times alone, right? And the Chargers went on to have seven sacks on the day. And uh, Aiden O'Connell looked like he was overwhelmed through an interception to end the game uh, right there in, uh, in north near the end zone. So, uh, yeah, I, I look at that offensive line. No Colton Miller, no Andre James. So the center is, well, the left guard, Dylan Parham, is now going to be the center. And then you look at uh, you look at uh, Jermaine Illuminor, who has played – a lot of, uh, of of left tackle when Colton Miller's out is actually going to slide to the right tackle position. And Thayer Munford, who's played a lot of right tackle, is actually going to go to the left tackle position. I know it's a lot of moving parts, but that's what it's going to be for the offensive line going up against that charger defensive line that I'm sure is licking their chops thinking, okay, we remember this, this song and dance. Let's get after it again. I want to see how they can improve. Right, The first time that the Raiders played the Chargers, Josh McDaniels was the head coach, and he said after the game they did everything they could to put uh, extra bodies on Khalil Mack so he didn't have his way with them. I went back and looked like at, yeah, we went back <laughs> and looked at the film, and it's like, no, actually, you really didn't do that, right? And so Antonio yeah, Pierce— team Thule most of the game. Right, exactly. Crazy so to me. Antonio Pierce said on Wednesday that I wasn't part of that game plan, so I'm going to be a part of this game plan. Obviously, he's the interim coach, so I want to see what it looks like, how it looks different. Right, because I think it's the trenches, man. I mean, you said Max Crosby. I just think it's the trenches. And I haven't said the quarterback and the the Chargers defensive line because I feel like that there's a slight chance that maybe the quarterback is not the quarterback that we've been seeing. It might not be Aiden O'Connell. I want to say there's a slight chance it could be Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not not saying – don't quote me. Don't say that, you know, Q's breaking news or anything. But (laughs) there's a slight chance. We asked uh, Coach Pierce about that on Wednesday if, uh, you know, if if there was any going to be changed at the quarterback. He said we're still evaluating it. We still have a few more hours. We're evaluating it. they didn't name a starter, right? And they didn't name a starter. He said he didn't say Aiden's not the starter but he didn't say he is a starter either. So 
Take that for what it's worth. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's a slight chance that there could be a move to Jimmy. I think on Sunday they should have made us a move to Jimmy around the third quarter when they saw that nothing was going right and the defense was keeping him in the game. Just go ahead and see if you can get a little something, something out of him. They didn't make that decision, and I think they're going back and forth on, on what they want to do at this point. Like, I feel like they know who's going to start. But they don't need yeah. to tell us, and they're not going right. to tell the Chargers yeah, because why? Advantage, right? Right, yeah. exactly. So uh, I'm just going to say that that there's a slight chance that you might see number ten under center instead of number four, and maybe even Aiden O'Connell starts the game, but he has a much shorter leash, and Jimmy G comes in if things don't get off to a good start. So I think that that's something to definitely pay attention to in this game, primetime action, Thursday night football. Well, I mean, Q, how 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 many times or how much can they afford to? leave Jimmy G on the bench with all the money that they are paying him and that he is guaranteed over the next couple of years. I mean, I think, you know, at this point, you know, with both these teams, with the records where they are, I mean, you got to, I think it's time to figure out what you have. And if it's Jimmy G's going to be the guy, or if he's not going to be the guy, I think you have to use these last couple of games in this season to figure that out. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the guy next year. I honestly think that they're probably going to move on from him. But the one the one sticking point on this whole Jimmy G into the game type situation is similar to what Derek Carr was at the end of last year where he's got the, the injury clause in his contract where he's got a lot of money guaranteed if he gets injured. And, well, what do we know about Jimmy G? He gets injured. He gets injured a lot. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's like $11.25 million is already owed to Jimmy G. He's going to get that for next year regardless. But another $11.25 million on top of that is guaranteed to him if he gets injured. So I think that they're, you know, weighing the good with the bad, you know, the risk and the reward. But at the same time, and this is kind of going back to what we said in the first segment about storylines, Antonio Pierce wants to win. So yeah. if Jimmy G happens to give him the best chance to win, he's going to try to do that because he needs to win games to try to get that job. And that's the that's kind of the part. Like, man, you want to see what Aiden O'Connell has. You want the rookie to go ahead and feel free to go play and whatever happens, happens. But if he loses out, what's the yeah, chance of Antonio getting Pierce no getting a job? Right. So yeah. it's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So... <laughs> There yep, you go. <laughs> no doubt. But hey, we are going to get into what each one of these teams need to do to win this football game tonight here on Thursday Night Football. And we'll wrap things up with some score predictions. But we are going to get into all of that right after this. So there you go. Uh, that's the matchups right there between the Chargers and the Raiders. And you hear what David Rogemeyer had to say. Mad Max Crosby basically keeps him up at night. <laughs> Thinks about number 98. And you know what? Not the first person to say that not the first team that's going to be thinking about 98 and where he's going to be even a guy that's banged up and's got the knee injury you know he's going to go out there and give everything he's got that's what makes mad max crosby mad max crosby coming up in segment number three we're going to talk about the past of victory what is it going to take for the raiders to get the win what will it take for the Chargers to get a win. We might even dibble and dabble with a little bit of, uh, you know, score predictions, even though score predictions are tough with these two teams. We'll do that all coming up in segment number three after I tell you about FanDuel. And it's getting cold outside, right? I'll tell you right now, even in Las Vegas, the weather is cold. But that doesn't stop the NFL offers on FanDuel from staying red hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bets. $150 bucks if your team wins just like that. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, good. You should. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. Use it all the time. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. As a matter of fact, the Raiders right now, three-point favorites, right? 
They're minus three against the Chargers at home. So a team that didn't score any points on Sunday versus the Vikings are home favorites against the Chargers. So it lets you know that there's not a whole lot known about Easton Stick and what he'll bring to the table for the Chargers in that office, uh, offense. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the crossover edition. David Dragomeyer, one of the hosts of Locked On Chargers, and myself talking all things Chargers and Raiders. We've already talked about the storylines. We've already talked about the matchups. Now it's good time to get into the path to victory. What is it going to take for the Raiders to get a dub? What is it going to take for the Chargers to get a dub? David starts things off talking all things Chargers and what their path to victory is. Here's part three of our conversation. It's time to talk about what each each one of these teams need to do in order to win this football game. And I think I am going to start this one off for me, for the chargers. It's getting Quentin Johnston, the football, mm. you got to get him the ball. He is the number one wide receiver going into this one with Joshua Palmer returning from injury. I think he's going to be on a little bit of a snap count. So I think right now, and we said it on our shows on lockdown chargers, it's all about trying to figure out what these young guys are capable of doing. What can the young players contribute? Are they going to be part of the future? Are they going to be the foundational building blocks for this Chargers offense defense going forward? The Chargers need to see what Quinton Johnston can do as that lead receiver. He's coming off of two of his best games, um, especially the last game where he had that 57-yard uh, reception, that 57-yard bomb from Easton Stick. Um, you know, He really set up the only Chargers touchdown drive of that game. So he's going to be the guy. He's going to get most of those open looks. And I think it's really important to see what he is capable of doing to see if he can get some confidence, if he mm -hmm. can make some strong plays. And most importantly, hold on to the football. The unfortunate part, or I, I guess if you would you know, put a title on what Quentin Johnston's season has been so far is he's dropped the ball in the key moments. Right. And I think that's really important for him to catch the football and not drop it and finish out this season strong with confidence going into his sophomore season. Do you, uh, do you feel like it's a little bit in his head at this point? He's thinking about it too much. I definitely think that's a, a part of it, especially mm -hmm. when, you know, you're in those big moments. Like right. for example, in, in green Bay, when the chargers had an opportunity to come back and win that football game, Justin Herbert kind of rolls out, buys a little bit of time and throws an absolute dime down the football field to, to Quinton Johnston, where he catches that football. He's pretty much walking untouched into the end zone. And that's a different, you know, end to that football game because right. of it. Unfortunately, Q bobbles that ball and it falls out of his hands and he's not able to secure it. And obviously, you know, whenever that happens to anybody, whenever you fail in, in your profession or whatever you're doing, that's not a good feeling. And, you know, it, it was very, you know, he was visibly upset. And, you know, as, as a rookie, all you want to do is go out there and make plays. You, right. you just want to put your name out there. You know, you're, you're, you're coming into the league. You want to establish yourself and nobody wants, you know, especially a receiver. You don't want the story of your season being, I dropped the ball in the biggest moments. So for Q, it's all about, you know, restoring that confidence 
and being able to go into next season feeling good about himself. Yeah, that's the guy I root for, man. I really do. I'm big fan of uh, Quentin's, uh, you know, obviously covered him a lot while I was in Texas, and uh, he went to Temple High, and I was right there yep. on the sidelines. So have a really good relationship with him. I'm so excited about uh, him going and living out his dream, and I think that he's in a really good spot with the Chargers, and him and Justin Herbert could develop some kind of relationship. But, again, man, he's got to be able to, like you said, secure the ball and hold on to the rock. And uh, I know he's got a pretty good relationship with Easton Stick, so that ought to be interesting to see if, you know, that can help, you know, develop and bring him along as well. He's a rookie, but I think the Chargers have a really good one. I think uh, everybody, a fan of the Chargers, is going to be a big fan of his sooner rather than later. He'll start to come around. He's a big play waiting to happen. He's just got to go ahead and get that confidence. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. And so that, you know, looking at that matchup of the Raiders secondary, you know, the guys, the corners, you know, is that going to be Jack Jones? Is that going to be a Meek Robertson? Obviously, Quentin Johnson has a size over a Meek Robertson. He's uh, much smaller, but he plays big, right? And so there's that. Yeah, sure uh, does. Rookie Ja'Cory Bennett is out there available. Nate Hobbs, uh, you know, so the secondary has been playing really well. The Raiders defense in general, man, has been playing really good. So that's a good matchup to see if they can eliminate the big play. They haven't given up too many big plays so far this year. So if they could do that, uh, that, that should be a nice little chess match. As far as, you know, the Raiders and what they need to do to have an opportunity to try to win, it always starts and ends with the run game. It really does. They've got to get the run game going. I know Antonio Pierce wants to run Josh Jacobs, run Josh Jacobs, and run Josh Jacobs. Now, there's a slight chance that he doesn't play. He's dealing with the quad injury, so there's that. Um, and if not him, then it's going to be Amir, uh, not, yeah, Amir Abdullah and Zamir White. Uh, Zamir White came from Georgia. He's a fourth-round pick a couple seasons ago, and Amir Abdullah is really more of a third-down back. So that's a big monkey wrench into the, the game plan of the Raiders if Josh Jacobs can't go. But if he can, the Raiders will give him the ball early and often. I mean, that's the thing. He hasn't had the season that he did a year ago, but you know, Antonio Pierce has said that the offense goes through J.J. You know, if, if we're yeah. going to be successful, he's going to be successful. So uh, if the Chargers could slow down the run, uh, they'll have some good success. And, and a lot of people have been able to slow down the run when it comes to the Raiders this year. Uh, but if, if the Raiders can find a way to get the run game open, it just seems to – or going, it seems to open up everything else for the wide receivers, for the tight ends. Just It makes uh, Aiden O'Connell uh, more comfortable. If Jimmy's the quarterback, it'll make him more comfortable. It just it starts and ends with the run game. So they've got to be able to find a way to establish that. And if they can, then they'll give themselves a chance but it, it, like I said it starts right there in the backfield and up front with the offensive line man I've been trying to get the Chargers to get a freaking running game all year you know how frustrating <laughs> it has been to watch this team not be able to run the ball with yeah. any kind of consistency it sucks it's hard to watch I mean it is it's straight up hard to watch I hear you and I don't know if it's going to get any better in this one I just I don't have a lot of faith but what I do want to see when they do run the ball is more Isaiah Spiller. Okay. I want to see more Isaiah Spiller. He's been made inactive way too often. And the fact of the matter is Austin Eckler, not, he's, a, he's gone after the year. Joshua Kelly, not under contract after this season. The only running back on this roster that is, is Isaiah Spiller. So it's time to give him the lion's share of the carries, I think. Let him get you know into a rhythm, be yeah. able to see if he's the guy that can be the future at the running back position for the Chargers. Now, will they do that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I sincerely doubt it. Right. Just, you know, because Austin Eckler's the guy. He's making the big money. They still believe in him. Um, but <clears throat> I, that's personally what I want to see. But I think it's time to put our money where our mouths oh, are and try to predict this very potentially ugly Thursday night football game. So, Q, I will toss this one over to you. 
Give me a score prediction. Who wins? Man, that's a great question. It really is. Man, I'm talking about a team that didn't score a point last week, right? <laughs> well, we <laughs> you know scored I mean? seven, and that was it. So. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, neither one of these teams are just uh, visiting the end zone very often, right? So, man, uh, I, I want to say that the Raiders are going to get around 17 points because that's what they usually get. But then again, they're coming off a game where they didn't score anything, so it's it it makes me feel like I'm really going out on a limb if I say 17. But I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little freaky, man. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna get crazy. I'll say because I feel like the Raiders and Chargers always split, and the Chargers won already. So I'm just gonna say yeah. that the Raiders are gonna win, but it's gonna be like 17-14 or 17-16. Like it's gonna be a very low scoring game. It might even be 14-10, right? I mean, it just or or 10-7 or whatever the. It's not going to be something that's going to be pleasing to the eyes. It's going to be one of those Thursday night games where you're like, damn, I did just watch that. Well, it was football, so I watched it, right? So I just I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining game. I think the defenses will both have their ways with the offenses. I really do. The Raiders' defense has been playing well, and I know that the Chargers, they've got dudes, and they got that guy named Khalil Mack that's right there knocking on the doorstep of 100 sacks in his career, and I'm sure he would love nothing more than get it against his team that drafted him. Uh, in the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a storyline to pay attention to as well. But I'm just going to go out on the limb and say 17-14, the Raiders find a way to get the victory just because, well, they always split with the Chargers anyway. So that would be a split on the season. So that's that's my best guess. But believe me, that is a guess, ladies and gentlemen. That is based off no facts except for that they split more times than not. That's where I'm coming from with that one. What about you? I mean, I, I can't get too much far away from that. I mean, this <laughs> one's going to be a crazy game. I think I'm going to say it's going to be like a 15-9 to 9 game. Okay, I, like I honestly it. have no idea who's going to win. Right. I'm going to say the, the, the Raiders are going to win this one just because I don't know how they're going to be able to put up some offense with Easton Stick when they really didn't have any <laughs> any offense with Justin Herbert the last few games right. either. So it's, it's just it's going to be an ugly football game we'll see what happens uh it, it's going to be close because that's all these two teams play right are close games traditionally uh but it's going to be fun it's going <laughs> to be interesting we're going to see what happens here on thursday night football there it is there it was you heard how both teams could come up with a victory uh and it sounds like both teams pass the victory go through the run game Right. Is Josh Jacobs going to be the dude? If he is, I do expect him to go. How effective will he be? You know, and can the Chargers get their run game going? Either way, uh, that's going to be what opens up the offense for both teams. I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. Uh, Not feeling too good about, uh, you know, how many points are going to be scored uh, by the Raiders, especially coming off their zero point performance against the Vikings. But do think that they'll do a little bit better this week. I want to see how they adjust, how they bounce back from that performance against Minnesota. So uh, we'll be at Allegiant Stadium. I'll be there uh, doing my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, actually from noon to 3 Pacific time, leading into the pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen, which will lead you right into kickoff, Thursday night action, prime time. So I'm going to spend a lot of time at Allegiant Stadium, depending on what time you're listening to this. I might already be at the stadium, right? So it should be fun, man. I'm looking forward to week 15, looking forward to getting it over with, and then talking about the results of the game on Friday's show, head into the weekend, be able to relax a little bit, kind of get a little mini bye week. So Raider Nation, uh, as always, enjoy the game. Always want to see uh, the Raiders come out with a W. And matter of fact, why don't they go ahead and look good while they do it, right? So until Friday, Raider Nation will be back talking all things, well, results of this game, and then a whole lot more. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.